Hello and welcome to episode 41 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm still Sam, he's still Peter. Yep, yep, we're doing it. And um, we've got we've got a doozy of an episode for you today, I think. Oh man, I think this is the latest. possibly the latest that we've yeah. recorded. This is actually and the appropriate... it doesn't show. Yeah, it's the appropriate time to have a beer for once. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we often record at like 10 o'clock in the yeah. morning. But yeah, uh, this, this time we're recording it... It's like it, 7.40? It's only, it's, no, it's like 10 to... It's 10, oh, pa- 10, 10 past 8. 10 past 8. There 10 past go. 8 in the yeah, evening it's a pretty on, a, on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. I'm we've had a lovely wrecked. dinner. Yeah, we've just had a lovely dinner. Another three-course meal. Yeah, I'm pretty wrecked though because like, you know, week at work, even though this is only yeah. like basically a three-day week because yeah. of Anzac Day in the middle of it, I'm still... <laughs> and we can have another four-day week. I'm still week. a tired man. Yeah. I'm a tired man. But yeah, three three-course dinner, that was... That was nice. nice. That was I only nice. had two courses. Yeah. Because I'm I'm being a good Skipping boy and and not having dessert. Lovely but dessert. but it was it was tasty as. Yeah. And we tasty, had a beer there. Tasty we, had, as. we had a, a we had another Newstead Brewing Co. one. Yeah, it was the Amber Ale. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it was some it was the some fun yeah yeah they, they got their golden ale they got their session ale they've got all that they've got their lagers they've got everything yeah the yeah. Newstead Brewing Co. Usually one have you have you been to their like brewery no but i've been to there's a big stall that they have at the new eat street markets here in brisbane that's um that's really cool it's just like a big you know on it's like everything they make on tap and i think you can go and talk to like a someone from there like a representative from there talks up the beer stuff i don't know that's cool yeah that's cool they've got yeah they've got a bunch of so we different weird ones but we are not, in fact, no. drinking a new set. We, we drank a beer that we knew we liked, but for the podcast, we are drinking something which I I just kind of thought looked cool and awesome. It turns out it's, it's gonna... called it's called feral smoked porter. Yeah. So so this is something that like first of all I had a whiff of it. It smells like it's, it's, a, it's like a dark beer. It yeah. smells like dark beer. So this is something that people have been talking to me specifically about for a little bit because they know I'm I'm a fan of smoked anything pretty much. I love my smoked cheese and smoked fish and bacon. And um, some of the people I know also know that I do this podcast, right? So they always want to tell me how shit smoked beer is. Is this a smoked beer? This is a smoked beer. Yes. It's the feral smoked porter. And if you just have a little bit of a whiff, it's like, it's dark, but you can smell it. All right. Well, let's start talking about it. Let's actually see if they are bad. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? It's not terrible. <laughs> it's it's kind of this. Okay, so it first tastes, of all, it tastes like a very dark beer. Yeah, first of all, it's 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 not shit. Yeah, like people are saying. I will say this for the smoked part of it, though. Right, it feels like a completely separate and unnecessary. It has a weird thing, aftertaste, right? It's like it's like you take it's just dark beer, and then a smoked flavor, and they don't. The smoke flavor has no right to be there. <laughs> That's one of the weirdest. I didn't. I didn't think this would be a weird beer. I just thought it's it was like feral smoked porter, and that was a weird, just like fun name for it. You can smell it more than you can taste it. Yeah, but yeah. it does. It does have a distinct aftertaste that, like, just regular just dark un- beer doesn't really just have. Doesn't work. It also has a <laughs> has a great description. Yeah, yeah. Go with the description. Uh, so we make sure the gentle bitterness of this beer is rounded out with a classic malt flavor in true porter style. But to make things uniquely feral, as we like to do, we added a subtle hickory flavour from German malts smoked over beechwood, 
which gives this po- uh, porter a truly special and unexpected character. It's flame and sensational. Treat like milk. Refrigerate where possible. Treat like milk, huh? Hmm. You know what? Mother's milk. Actually, <laughs> one small thing. Do you have a little bit of like a residue on the lip of your bottle? Like when you put it to your lips, does it feel fun, hinky or smooth? Uh, I don't know. I went to drink mine and immediately like thought, whoa, hold on there. Something's gone wrong. Mine's not sealed or something like there's something growing on it. It tastes fine, but it's got this sort of... Ah, uh, no, that's fine. Brown kind of... See, see this? Yeah, mine's got that as well. It's fine. It's fine. It's just like, if you have a look at the lid, mm-hmm. and this is going to be... Visually, very visually focused. Like you can yeah. see that residue on the lid. Maybe it's just old and it started to rust a little bit. It's fine. It's fine to drink. All right. I would think. You've heard it here, folks. But if we, if we if, die, if, yeah. If we, good, good thing there's no like best by date on. No, the knowing knowing me, I'll die. I'll, <laughs> Just I'll get will sick. die. Yeah. And me with my iron constitution. And you'll know that, that, that the we'll evidence is on this podcast that Peter did it. <laughs> Peter definitely was responsible. Yeah. I think anyway. that's my assessment of it, right? Like, oh, I didn't taste it at all that time, actually. Like, it, it tastes like a nice dark beer to me. I think we both like dark beer. Yeah. And the the smoky thing is sort of just something I'm trying to ignore. Yeah, it's not it's not my favorite beer we've had. Hmm. I don't think. But I think it's it's, it's different though. It's definitely it's good important. To, it's good to, to have something a bit different to me and at least a couple of other people that uh, that we finally did a smoked beer. Yeah. So that was that's entirely unexpected. Yeah. Tick it off the list. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. We... So. What should we even bloody talk about? I suppose the homework, homework movie, movie first, yeah. Yeah, homework movie for those who uh, did not do their homework and also did not listen last week. Fair enough. Uh, probably, is probably their 1969 you. blockbuster classic, Easy, Easy Rider, Rider. Uh, which is one of the first low budget. It, it, it was the first like low budget mm-hmm. Hollywood movie that made, went on to make a bunch of money. Like it had yeah. a budget of three hundred million three. Sorry, Three hundred thousand dollars, and then made thirty million dollars. Yeah, at the box office. And you know what? Like, I think one thing I want to get out of the way really quickly is that uh, you know I think one of the reasons that we do we work as a podcast is that you and I, Peter, we we're friends, but we have different opinions on stuff. Yeah, and and we can disagree, and then sometimes we can yell at each other, and then just other times like tonight where it's like it's late we're drinking we've already got out for dinner and everything we've, like that we've got like our dessert dinner yeah. smoked beer i don't really want to i don't really want to get into that headspace so i'm just going to say i hate the movie it's all right <laughs> I, I, I really just like i really there was no real i couldn't point to one scene in this movie that i enjoyed i didn't actively hate it like you yeah. did i it was a bit of a weird one. It's to definitely, me it's definitely that... a weird one, and I get the sense that it was probably even a weird one at the time, like even a little weird at the time, or a little. It was. I don't it was know. certainly different at the time. So, yeah. for those who don't know, the movie is about uh, these two stoners who do a drug deal and then get all this money from the drug deal yeah. and uh, drive across America on their like Harley Davidson. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. motorbikes. Really, no. There's no to to go to go like live the high life and spend all their money in New York at right. Mardi Gras, New Orleans. But neither that end, where like spending all their money or the whole drug drug deal, is like any part of the movie. Yeah. It's just the movie, them it's, having the a road movie, trip. It's, it's a road movie. It yeah. is 
It is entirely about the journey, it's absolutely not it's in a, any way about the destination. It's probably one of the first, or maybe the defining Great American Road Trip kind of movie, right? Where it, you know, like you see this, see a lot of that um, more southern, like deserty kind of those those kind of roads. Yeah, where it's just kind of you're out, you're out in the desert and there's nothing for for miles yeah. and miles and miles and miles, and you just sort of camp by the country. The same kind of roads the road that decades and, later. Sons of Anarchy would be filming on. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very reminiscent of that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of why this is such a famous sort of movie is it was in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Uh, was it was a time of great upheaval yes. in America. It definitely has... It, 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 it it's dated became, in that way. Yeah. It, it's dated... It seems somewhat archaic. Yeah. Uh, to us in in the sort of modern day yeah but i'll never i i was watching a thing i just i don't think with my life experience and growing up at the time that we had done that i'll never fully really understand what this movie's going for just because it, it it's big main thing to it i think other than the road trip is um uh that the clash between at that time like the just the start of the 70s that clash between um, the sort of like really free thinking kind of contingent, like um, I think you know, it was a time of change. Hippies and so, like I think at any point of times of change, people tend to swing to extremes of it. So you know, at a time where you're sort of transitioning into a bit of slightly a bit more of an era of acceptance, right? Like they, it, people seem to split into you know white collars, like really hard lined people, you know. Crazy, like really, really hardline people, and hippies. You know, free love and and um, it, it, drug it's, culture. And that it kind is of thing. like just the on one side you have conservative, yeah, and the other side you have liberal views yeah. in the sort of true sense of what those words actually mean. Yeah, um, a lot of, lot of yeah, lot of, and and, the, and this movie is like it's it's kind of meant to be about like like freedom and. Yeah. <laughs> And like the the yeah. just freewheeling sort of rise and fall of the hippie way of life. That exactly, and in that way, happened around me, that time. One of the things that pissed me off about the movie is one, I was just thinking it's one of those movies where um, I think personally that um, it doesn't really have any sort of like hidden meaning or plot or thought, well thought out structure of any kind, really, and is just like going to be one of those things where people who like the movie are going to talk to me. And when I tell them I don't like it, they're going to say, well, you just don't get it, man. <laughs> and I fucking hate that. I really hate that. If you have, you must've had it watched a movie where, you know, like people were going to say, you just don't get it. No, Sam, I'm right about everything. No. <laughs> I, I get everything. You just don't get no, it. No, man. no, no. Yeah. You just no, don't I've, get it. I've had that, but like, I feel like this is a movie that, yeah. I kind of completely disagree with you <laughs> in the fact that this is a movie yeah. with uh, a lot of deeper meaning and um, and deeper messages in terms of what it was trying to convey. On the other hand, though, it's for a movie that is only an hour and a half long, it feels quite long. Yeah, and it feels a little bit yeah. amateurish. So let's talk. So, let's talk about what this is leading into. What I wanted to talk about with the movie, because. Um, because I think you and I might have the same disagreements about a lot of movies that, you know, have that sort of, like, 
you know, we could have watched a modern movie with this sort of theme. And, I, I and think had sort of modern, modern indie movies have yeah. done this same style of And I've had the same reaction to it. Better, but I think that's just because as the medium evolves and as yeah. the technology gets better so that, it, like, as we were talking about before the podcast, people don't have to be just massively overacting and... Right. Well, and, well that's what I want to talk about because, um, okay, maybe they would have gotten... Maybe some of the indie films now have gotten better, but... Uh, films like this one that are made now, um, I think we probably would have had the same disagreement about. Like I, don't, I don't get, I don't get those, or you know, like either. Uh, so what I want to talk about with Easy Rider is some of the other stuff. So I actually, I actually wrote notes for this one. So, uh, so you, you want to not talk about the stuff that I wanted to talk about with the movie? What were the themes? Yeah. You want? To, oh, I'm sorry. Well, we can. Oh, that's right. We'll have your notes first. We'll do yeah. both. We'll do both. But what I wanted to talk like, there are a few things that, like, this movie, I thought, I think it's sort of like capturing an era. So in that way, it's dated now. You know, it can't age that well. But I also think there's a few, there's a few things, areas where it hasn't aged very gracefully. Either. So one of them is like, there's this, the, there's this thing in all the cinema where it's sort of much closer to theatre. So, you know, it's a dark room. People are seeing it from different angles, um, sometimes far away. And you want to make sure that it's clear to the audience what people are doing and saying and uh, thinking. Yeah. So especially, an evil character is going to look, you know, not true to life, exaggerated, kind of like, you know, creeping around and um, and people's sort of like expressions and reactions to things, you know, like being spooked or something. Oh, you're crazy. You know, you jump. And, and, as, and also in like the dialogue, just because back then, if you had a bunch of people speaking at once, it all just came across yeah. as garbled, as a garbled mess. Yeah, sort of the same kind of thing. Just compensating for the limitations, like, limitations. like the sort of current limitations. Yeah, and you definitely movie. see that. Like there's a scene, the one that caught my mind was when at the start, there's a whole lot of like, there's a wordless start of them doing the drug deal and uh it's like a guy who sniffs the cocaine to see if it's good and he's just like he like puts his nose in and then he, and then the man like launches his <laughs> face almost, into the almost air launches through the roof of yeah the yeah just, just making sure that everybody understood that he he, he was, was doing the, drugs yeah, he was sniffing the cocaine and i okay i'm sniffing the cocaine now <laughs> 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 my people need me kind of like lifts up but that kind of stuff. And then, you know, like scenes where they're talking with these Mexican Mexican drug dealers and there's no subtitles and you wouldn't be able to sort of hear them even if they were talking English. So all their movements are really exaggerated. There's a lot of like thumbing, thumbing up and... You need to make sure people know they're Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, which can take you out of it, I think, a bit these days. Hmm. Uh, or, or that sort of thing is just done in a subtler, uh, less over-the-top, obvious sort of way, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. There are these weird cuts in the movie. Yeah, that was that was the bit that I... Like, I kind of agree with that. There's a, It was this weird scene transition yeah. thing where it would just, like, sort of jut in. Like, it would be a scene transition and rather than sort of just hard cut to the next like scene. shutter in. It would, like, shutter in, like... Like the sort of film, like the two roles of film had been melded yeah. weirdly. And I so find that like, really would show hard to like watch. like a couple of frames. Yeah. Um, I think it was used quite effectively in some scenes. It's just it's um, so f- it's the flashy kind of thing. Like I just I can't watch it. I think 
Yeah, that that was yeah. certainly weird. It was a bit weird. Um, it's just it, you know, it's clearly that's not dated at all. That's just someone who's making a movie, you know, wanting to pick a different option. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that that, that was kind of a stylistic choice rather that was than kind a of like technological um, choice. You know, sometimes they're not they don't go well. Like that that, that that's sort of like a few homework movies ago we did uh, we did Midnight Special and mm. like they did, those guys decided. I thought that movie looked pretty good most of the time, but they also decided to keep to film the dark scenes in actual dark, and it just sort of didn't work. Yeah, you know, in our opinion. Um, I don't know. I've got. I'm just complaining. So how about you just talk me through what you think the movie meant? And well, I think and, I. And uh, I think it. the most poignant scene in the movie is right after they've been, but like uh, the two dudes and. Um, Jack Nicholson have basically been run out of the town and they've set up camp and they're having a conversation about like how the country has gone to hell and, and that sort of thing. And, yeah. and Jack Nicholson talks about uh, the idea of freedom. And I think the, the line is, is, yeah, is that tr- uh, like America, they're all about like freedom. And uh, yes, I remember, the their... line you say. I remember that line, individual that, Everybody says they have individual freedom, but when they see a free individual, it scares them. Yeah, yeah, and that, I'm totally with that you. That is, was a good scene. That is such that line. Yeah. That line that you said just then, just that exact line, is just such an incredible line. Yeah, that's that. I think. I'm totally with and that. And I, I think I think that is the crux of the movie: is that it's all about showing the different sides of America at that time yeah, of yeah. of that conservative verse. Um, ultra liberal type thing and just the the battle of like the, the anti-hippie sentiment and, and like oh yeah all, all the bloody long hairs cut your hair bloody Jack Nicholson just gets killed for no reason yeah yeah and like and, and, and then and, they I, get and I just I just think that that is the like that that is what the movie is, is about yeah. is, is the pursuit of freedom and then also I think that the ending of the movie hit really hard for me where it's just they're they're just driving down the road. They've kind of they got to their destination and yeah, and they did acid for some oh, reason. The acid and, the, and the bad acid trip is was weird. Oh man, that was um, so weird. And then they're just sort of still driving, and these like two hillbillies just come and fucking shoot them. Yeah. Well, and they that, don't mean to shoot the first guy, and then after they shoot the first one, they figure they got to finish off the other guy. So there's no yeah. weaknesses. But that that scene was really hard hitting for me. Yeah. It. it was it just felt like such an abrupt ending to a movie that had seemed so sort of freewheeling and like meandering in terms of its sort of pace, and then it and then it, it just it just fucking ends. Yeah, it's like yeah. boom, boom. These two guys who are sort of like talking about their like American dream, like they they've got theirs now. They've got well, their money and their. I thought you could explain to me part of it because just before then they had their what you could say like their actual ending to the movie or their their ending speech where. I just couldn't fucking work out what was going on, but uh, to me, it felt like sort of like a a, a, a gra- like a grab at meaning, but not really well fleshed out. You know, so um, Wyatt says like, like no, we failed. Yeah. So that remember that scene? Yeah. I couldn't work out what was going on. Yeah, no, I didn't really get that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that that for me was most of the movie. Yeah. I just think I, I totally understand that, that was what the movie was about, right? And and that scene with Jack Nicholson talking to talking to what's his name? I, I Bobby 
Yeah, Ben. Bobby? Not Wyatt. The guy with the tassels. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, like, that's a really good scene. That's clearly what the movie's meant to be about. I get that. I just think the way it happened, it just ended up being just sort of a crazy, hard to understand, sometimes impossible to understand because there's no real sense behind that, you know, the scene you're watching, like, kind of, like, mess. It, it's certainly an artier and less straightforward yeah. sort of film than what we get these days. Well, you see where they were going with it, like, right? You know, like, we want to show the two lifestyles and, you know, our main characters are obviously on, like, the really liberal side of that. Okay, they're constantly smoking weed. They're on a road trip. They're gonna meet these. Which hippies. incidentally was like was actual yeah, weed. Yeah, and I completely believe that um, because some of those scenes, you completely, you totally believe that. Um, and they meet these hippies who are obviously also gonna make no sense, you know, or make very little sense because they're all high. And I'm not saying that just means that you're an idiot. It just means that um, I think when you're hot, just having, like having she conversation like with yeah, having conversation with. A bunch of people who who are high, if you're not high, is really difficult. And it's because um, I think when you're smoking weed, you get you can get a bit more trapped in your own what's happening in your own brain. Like you say things um, assuming like people understand what you've just been thinking about for the last five minutes. Like people were in your were also in your head when you were thinking of this so you only say like the end of your thought mm. and it just looks like nonsensical rabble we make just weird <laughs> you just do weird things but I don't know I, I understand that but I just think when you actually make that movie it's just an hour and a half that makes no sense whereas I, I, I... because you the viewer are the one <laughs> you the guy at the party who's not high yeah, you know, who hasn't been I, drinking, I just, who I just kind of think that like it's it's hard it is hard to critique this from our modern mm. like eyes in that way yeah. of like yeah. yes there's a lot of problems with the movie but it's that's kind to to me I could kind of get past that yeah. like certainly for the first half an hour and mo- for most of the movie I was just kind of going where is this even going yeah. what what like yeah. It's it's so weird and and old like it feels like an old movie. Yeah. Um. And I think I think the final scene and that final scene yeah. with Jack Nicholson like kind of brought it all together for me and made me really think about the context and the message the film was trying to get across. Whereas I think and it made me like go and do a bunch of research about the the history of the film and why it is considered a classic yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Whereas I think for you, it was just not quite there. Yeah, it, it was not quite there. Um, although I will say that I did finally come to a place like that I could be happy with the movie at. And that was when I thought about it from like at the time and as a movie made by the left for the right. You know, I thought about, I think this movie would have been really good because even though even though they what they're doing makes no sense, okay, that part's totally true with what you're thinking. If you're on the other side, if you're the hillbillies shooting them, or you know, well, those guys are maybe too far gone. If you if you're the guys in that diner, hmm. right, um, who are scared of the free individuals, um, you when you watch the movie, you would see okay, they, their lives are sort of a bit weird, make no sense. 
But you'd also see that how incredibly, even though they're just doing weird stuff, how incredibly harmless they are. Hmm. Right? Like, the guys... In, I mean, Jack Nicholson's a bit crazy, and you think maybe... But he's still pretty harmless, But really. he's pretty harmless. And and, the, and actual, those actual two are really, really harmless. And I think that's that's one thing, right? Just trying to show people... Like, show those other guys. Yeah, watch, I, this movie, I, watch this movie. That's just, it, it's a real dichotomy between yeah. the, like... Like, that's all we con- do. The conservative people and the, like, hippies. That yeah. They're just so... Like, the, the hippies are all about, like, go with the flow... No yeah. harm to anybody, sort but, of well wishes to the world. But that's but then, what that guy was saying in the diner. When they walk in, what they see are these like you know, dangerous dudes who they like. Who, who is like an affront to their yeah, they values and their way of life. But, and they also put the worst face on it. You know, they see them and they imagine that they're they're criminals or they're about to start something or they're gonna they're gonna sleep with their daughters or they're gonna they're gonna you know attack them or something like that. And I could see how. If you were part of the left, you would want to make this movie to show those right guys, like, you know, and have Jack Nicholson die and, you know, see that that was for no reason and those guys were completely fine and harmless. And then they got, like, I understand how that could have actually worked and helped. Hmm. You know, like, Easy Rider becomes a really big popular movie. Yeah, and suddenly easy. everybody has a, maybe hates a little less. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think we'll finish off our discussion, but I have some like fun facts about the movie. Yeah. So fun fact in like 2010 and 2012 or something, there was a sequel for this movie released with no involvement from anybody who was ever involved in, uh, the original movie. It's called like, it it was like a prequel actually. And it was being dealing drugs. No, I, I, I don't even know what it was about, but it was basically just like some dude got the rights to the movie so right. it could be an official officially in the Easy Rider cinematic universe. Right. Um and they made a new version. Critically panned is just like trying to cash in on the on the license. Yeah. But how kind of crazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that actually um, now. And then and then oh I bet it's just fucking oh, terrible. Yeah, there's I mean, there's that's no why, name at That's actors, why I want to like, see it. <laughs> Um, it's like going to the and, zoo. And the other other fun fact is, you know the final the final campout scene. Mm. Um, so, right. Funny story in that they had filmed the whole movie and they had a rap part. The two main actors, one of which with the tassel guy, he was the director. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the other guy wrote it or was producer or, or yeah, something. I forget his name. Um, yeah, that famous actors from that time. I think one one of them's dead. The other one's. Yeah, I forget the guy who plays. The tassel wife. dude is dead. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. But yeah, they they had like a rap party with all the cast and stuff, and um. So just to sort of backups for when they were filming, the they had a like they had two complete versions of each of the bikes. Yeah. Uh, and three of those were stolen at the rap party, and then they like of course they were through right? the. Like stoner haze, the next morning they realized that they hadn't actually filmed that final scene. <laughs> so, so the pivotal in, scene, yeah. In in that final sort of wrapping up scene, not the Jack Nicholson one, the, the, the sort of it final doesn't camping one. Yeah, like we we we, we wrong, stuffed it we up. We stuffed it up. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's so in all the other camping scenes, there's their bikes sort of in the background, but for that one, yeah, there's no bikes because their bikes all got stolen, which is pretty great. Yeah. What did you think? One thing I do want to talk to you about is the outfits, because those are things. Those are things that you just sometimes how great in no some fucking helmets in some generations though, right? Like you had those generational styles, 
But in, in some of them, as a, like in the modern day, you can still look at them and go like, I mean, no one dresses like that, but that looks fucking cool. People dress like that now, I'd say. People wear that sort of thing to Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I've seen people wearing those at organic markets. Yeah, that's probably right. But, yeah. but, but like you, you say, like, oh, but that still looks pretty cool. I'm not talking about the tassel guy. Wyatt's costume, like, he's meant to be... I just could not reconcile with the fact that when he walked... Captain a, America. Like, that when he walked around, like, his his look, like, what's what's attractive has clearly changed. Like, his what he, his look, his glasses, which I, I find skeevy, like, like today. Like, but his, his glasses, his jacket, everything about him just clashes with the fact that I'm... Like, that when he walks into the room... Like yeah, the hippie compound and in the diner, all the girls think he's like he, he's the dreamy one. It's just that for me was the, almost the biggest I mean, generational I mean, gap. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand at all. It's like like all all men, like, all women want him. All men yeah, want to be him. Like if you, I don't want to be yeah, that if guy. If you saw him, like if if you saw him, like winking at a couple of underage girls now, <laughs> you'd be calling the cops. <laughs> Um, it was it was, so was weird, weird with like the glasses because he he never took them off yeah. throughout the entire movie even in the up dark in, up until that last scene and the glasses though yeah not a fan not a fan of those those seventies glasses purple no. I mean the the like the Ray Bans they're cool yeah but um, I don't know that was just my little bit like I, I I thought that was really fun how they were dressed but I just didn't think it looked he, he looked yeah. good at all oh, another thing we got. I mean, I I think we should. We're close to wrapping up this discussion, but yeah. I think we also need to talk about the licensed soundtrack of the movie, right? Um, yeah, because uh, so there I, are so many licensed songs in such quick succession. It's just yeah. kind of a weird choice. It's a weird choice, and I think for a lot of those scenes, I was sitting there listening to the music, and you know they have a, they have a straight they have a weird like my example. They have a weird scene, so they have like a scene. Like, there's one cut where it's, like, they're leaving the hippie compound and there's that one shirtless blonde guy who's just sort of, like... He, he's just totally gone. He's, like, dancing next to this canvas... Oh, he's doing Tai Chi. ...section. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing Tai Chi next to that canvas section, right? And um, it's a hard cut from him to license track, take the yeah. load off. Um, great song. And... Uh, it just doesn't... It doesn't feel like the scene deserves the song. You know, and and maybe that comes from me watching watching shows where licensed music comes on much much, doesn't come on nearly as much, and it's in scenes that really matter. I think the thing to kind of remember about this though is that it was a movie with a very low budget. Those songs would not have been expensive to license back at that time, well, I, and I think it is like the reason why those songs, like Born a lot be, of those Born songs, Wild wasn't a thing until this, like this until movie. this movie. Yeah, yeah like these, this movie made a lot of those bands and a lot of those. Songs. I know I misquoted that song, by the way. I, know, I misnamed that song. I know, you know, it's the Take a Load Off Baby. I can't remember what the name is. Someone after the problem with that is so with that particular scene, I have seen. Um, I'm a fan of westerns, of motorcycles, <laughs> um, and so and of that kind of music. So yeah. when that came on, I was just saw it, and unfortunately, there's a very yeah, very you know, good scene in Sons of Anarchy, where in Sons of Anarchy, the 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 they have a lot of licensed music in that as well, a lot of licensed music, and there's always going to be a big licensed song that comes on at the start of the season where they do a montage of where everybody is and at the end 
And that song came on at the end of a season, a very emotional end, and the song gives so much more to that scene. Yeah, and it I, doesn't I think, in, the, in this movie. Yeah, I think the the it's soundtrack. Although it was like, it is a very good soundtrack. Very famous soundtrack too. And a very famous soundtrack. I don't think it actually lent or like in a lot of occasions, there was maybe one or two, but I think in most of the occasions it didn't lend itself or at least wasn't edited to get, it wasn't cohesive enough to lend weight to the scenes that it was, I suppose, intended to lend weight Uh, to. When when I, when I'm imagining, like I'm, I'm running our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. At the moment, and when I imagine a scene, I, I, it always comes from listening to music. Yeah. So for me, I like music can add a like I'm not a big music guy as as we know, but it adds a lot to movies for me. And when I think of a particular thing happening, I always then in my mind put it to a particular like put it to a track. Yeah. And um, so when I see that that's so songs, I just expect them to work more and it's be more planned, but. It's probably not the movie for planning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what would um, you recommend seeing it? I think. I yeah. I I, I would. Yeah. And I think I think you probably wouldn't. Uh yeah. I, well, I definitely know people who I would recommend it to. Right. But it would not everybody. It's not a blanket recommend for me. Yeah, but I think talking about soundtracks and movies sort of leads oh, us yeah, very well oh, into the next thing. That's the next good. thing we're going to talk about, yeah, which is a movie I really like, which is a movie that was written. With each scene had its own and the soundtrack song so in mind for that particular scene. Guardians, um, of, the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, volume two. 2. I went and saw this. It was a nightmare to go and see this, Peter. This movie had to mean a lot to me. Right. Because I reske- we rescheduled watching this movie so many times. I was set to go see it you in gold class. Yeah, with, with Liv, my girlfriend. At, like in gold class when it came out. Like the day it came out. Then we realized we couldn't do that day, so we pushed it back. And then we realized we couldn't do that time and pushed it back. And then we pushed it back again. And then it was pushed all the way back to Saturday, a full week after it came out. And, like, I mean, I have a Star Lord bobblehead. I have the poster of Guardians of the Galaxy in my room. It's a you, big movie for me. You have, at multiple points, considered buying a replica of Star Lord's jacket. Yes. Like, it's a big, yeah, yeah. It's it's a big deal for me. And um, I also looked online for a while for his gun. <laughs> um, so I was like, "Oh, it's a whole week." So we ended up we ended up again rescheduling it to see it in a regular cinema um, on Tuesday, the day after it came out. And oh man, I really, I really, really liked it. And I was not set to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, um, organizing the the problem with organizing it had really mellowed me out about seeing it, and also just. I was just very wary, you know. I, I think I had my inner Peter. Yeah. I, I definitely you, had you my temper, mini Peter. Tempered your in, On my shoulder, you know. Who I know, like, what mini, what Peter would say. <laughs> what mini Peter would, you know, mini Peter was just there just going like, hey, it's just going to, you know, this is, have you seen it? It's advertised everywhere. It's on Nacho Things. This is going to be one of those movies where it's just like. It's going to be first Batman, one, Batman versus Superman yeah, all over the again. The first one did well. And it was original, yeah, sure. But now it's just going to be milk and the tea. Tea, you know. I was a man. Little Peter was telling me, so I, I really wasn't um, didn't have high expectations when I came into this. And from the moment it started, with little Groot's dance to that, oh man, 
to that music. I mean, that's why it speaks to me in a certain way. Like, that's a movie where it is all set to music. And, um, but, oh, fuck, I thought it was great. I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was funny. It was it yeah. it better at some things than the previous than the first one. Yeah, I just thought that I didn't like it as much as I liked the first one. I just didn't yeah. didn't think it was as cohesive and like just plot wise, it didn't tell right. as tight and as interesting a story. You know member, what I mean? Member of the Ravages, by the way, just uh, just again for for little Sam. Uh, one of the members of the Ravagers was a was a guy from Sons of Anarchy, which was great. Which, which uh, guy? Irish actor. Actually, the other movie that I wanted to talk about, which we might not have time for, I don't know, Sandcastle. He's also in that. I can't remember his name, but he's, he's great. Which which guy? Uh, he's uh, he's from so he's Scottish. He has like scars in his cheeks. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the Ravagers. He's like. He's not Taserface. No, he's not Taserface. He's like one of the Yandu's loyal guys. He gets, he has this scene where he's like pushed into the thing and shot out into space. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was nice. I, I love the Ravages. I loved the Ravages so much in the first one and I really like them in this one. Um, more all the others than Yandu. Like Yandu's cool. I like that actor as well. But um, I just love I just love them because they are there is no mistaking that they're they're genuinely bad dudes you know they do some genuinely bad stuff I just love how they're also kind of dumb children yeah you know? and and I love when their feelings get hurt I, I, I should also mention now that we're probably gonna spoil a bunch of yeah. stuff from this movie yeah. so but absolutely if- like you could spoil every part of this movie and it's still worth seeing because it's just it's 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 going into the galaxy, you know. The reason you see it, it's really, it's really fun. It is. And, it is such light, a fun movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 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 I might just quickly talk about the things about the movie that I yeah that I thought yeah, you go for were it, not as good. This is one of those movies and, where and I then, like and it then too we'll, much, and then we'll just talk about how much like the I, things that we really love. I definitely like it too um, much to to make any sort of sense. I'll just say like, it's good. It's good. It's good. I like this. Uh, you know, I thought it was, I'm just gonna say that. So. One of the things that I definitely felt about the movie was that it was a lot of the time was just like in a uh, way that uh, that didn't feel to me entirely genuine. It was taking a lot of the jokes and the things that people really liked about the first one and then just kind of yeah. doing them again to a slightly more degree. Like a lot of the jo- like I, I, I laughed and I thought it was really good. A lot of the jokes with um, uh, Dave Batista's character well that's with, his character though yeah like, I, I know but it like a lot of there was a lot of times he was, where he, was, he had a lot of funny lines he was hilarious. but he also there was like uh, quite a few times where just kind of the joke fell flat for me where he mm-hmm. was just trying to do the oh i i i am ignorant like, he's not ignorant he's just honest ignorant honest dude he's just he's just honest i love his nipples Oh, yeah, the chafed nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the spacesuit because it gives me yeah. chafed nipples. He's funny because he's just... Uh, I I think he's a great character because he's funny because exactly, he's honest. I don't think he's dumb at all. He's he, like, Well, no, he's, he's not, just he's not dumb. He's just like he has no filter yeah. and the same sort of tact that we're used to. Yeah. And also he, also he has a slightly different sort of culture. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so to me, uh, the thing that I had that I thought found the most disappointing was just how all over the place and sort of going nowhere the plot was. Yeah, you think? Uh, like, just sort of, just with, like, 
ego being turning out to be evil. Well, that's. And, I mean, wasn't that? And obvious, it, it just felt, yeah, yeah, it oh, was, oh, and that course. was that was bad that well, it was just like ask, oh yeah suddenly he's going to be a world destroying dude and they have to beat him and they do what I thought was like, really, what I thought was good about him though is that he was obviously evil and I think he didn't just become like someone who wanted to destroy the world I thought it, I thought he had a nice sort of gradient of just being a little bit sort of weirder and weirder and weirder right like he starts off totally cool and groovy <laughs> and he's got he's got Hasselhoff's quaff but like, he's slowly, you know he's evil, alright? So you're looking for these moments, right? But like, he just sort of slowly becomes a little bit weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder and then suddenly he's covering the universe in sort of a, a blue blob. If you want, if you really want to, like, I, 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 again, I love this movie, I think it's great. If, if you want to get into the things that I didn't like about it, um, I thought um, it was a little bit... To, they made it a little bit too explicit. Um, yeah, at the end, yeah, they really Yandu's, beat you over the head with yeah, like with Yandu's, Yandu's, sacrifice, Yandu's, right? Yandu's and what he represents and, and and stuff about him being his dad. He and did stuff. not. That, he didn't need felt, to say it. But also, that felt so totally unearned as well. Well, just because we like you never get to see them in, in no no like part of the first movie or this right. movie. Do you ever really get to see them? Acting jovially towards each other. Well, you, really. Well, you do. You, you, you sort of a little bit. You, like, you can kind of tell that Yondu has a bit of a soft spot for him, but like, yeah. when, when it's just like, just smashing you across the face with, oh, he's actually his father and fucking no, ego but, is the, like, not his proper father. And was, the re- whole, the, <laughs> when they, when they go, oh, when bloody Yondu goes, oh, well, once I found out that Ego was just, like, eating all his children, then I had to take you with me. Well, that was fine. That, what was wrong with that? That was just like, oh, come on. What do you mean? Righto, mate. Can't it just be that he's, like, small and... Can't can't that be the reason? Does it have to be a good reason? It's like, a pretty good reason. Isn't it like, more interesting? Like, to not, to not have the child be eaten or whatever. Is it not a more interesting reason that he just sort of grew is it, on him? Is it yeah, is it not more a more interesting reason that just he he's a pirate and it, and pirates just do stuff like that. Yeah, but pirates rather than but, 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 he but was being that good was all more along. that was more about the plot. Right? Like they'd written themselves into that plot. Like, ego wasn't that you make it sound like ego was made to be a child murdering psychopath. Because no 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 I'm not saying that's not ego was a child murdering psychopath so and you already wrote in the first movie that um that Yandu took Peter and didn't give him back so obviously Yandu had reason part of Yandu's reason has to be that he didn't want Peter to be given to the child murdering psychopath I just I just thought it would have been better if it had been just. Yondu had not been doing heaps of other jobs for, for Ego. Right, and he just, just been decided. hired for this one time, yeah. and it was just like, oh, I'm a pirate, I'm going to fucking take I guess take it's this a really kid. tiny thing, though, that we're talking about. It, it is, but it's, it, that's kind of, it's kind of representative of the okay. problems that I had with so the movie. So, what I was going to say with Yondu, uh, the only thing I have problem I had with him is... Also, we'd all t- sort of got, like, it didn't need to be so explicit in the end, because we'd all, I would hope... Maybe I'm just naive about how dumb the, you know, movie-going public is, right? But, like, 
we'd all sort of come to that conclusion, right? When Yandu came and he did a few nice things for Peter or when he when he gave him that whole thing about, you know, controlling his his celestial powers with your heart and stuff. Yeah. We all thought, right, I think, we all thought, you know, Yandu's his real daddy. You know, like, like, oh, that's nice. Yandu's his real father figure. That's what they're saying. Yeah. That's what I would have liked. And then, then later, you know, he didn't need to have that scene where he looked into his eyes and said, I'm your daddy. You know, he didn't need to have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Have that. And that, and that, that actually is, yeah. is the problem. That was an I, actual my, problem that I had. I, I just think that the movie in its, in its plot, in, in ju- kind of just its plot, it tried to go too broad yeah. in in terms of and some of its jokes, I suppose, in terms of its appeal. But I, um, honestly, I thought, I, I, thought, I, thought was... I thought the like bloody scene at the end with father and son that just felt yeah. so trite. I like that song to me. I I I really like that. The, song. the Ravagers captains loved the um, loved the random like star appearances. That was fantastic. Why well, was bloody um, Sylvester Stallone? Because in the it was movie. great. He's, uh, he's, so he's going to be another one. So actually, Sylvester Stallone, yeah, he's dressed as Star Lord. So his crew, um, and there are shots of that at the ending. By the way, this this interesting thing about uh, now that we talked about like things we didn't like and, and, and yeah, we'll start, we'll start into stuff. Into stuff interesting that we things about really this movie. So I, I, you know, um, I got a few. Uh, there are five ending credit scenes, which is ridiculous. Um, to this movie, uh, and so anyway, Sylvester Stallone and his crew are like the old Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's a kudos. His outfit is actually Star Lord's outfit, his original mm-hmm. outfit from the comics. Um, and, you, and so when he has his, that group behind him, he says like, "Well, we're back together again." That's kind of an, an, a little bit of a homage to like the. The old Guardians, the, the, the old Guardians of the Galaxy, because the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics are like a intergalactic police force, right? It's not just something that Peter comes not just, up with. It's not just like a bunch of mercenaries, right? And that, and that's what. Well, that they are. That's how they behave. It's totally how they behave in the movies. Oh, but there's an actual uniform, and that's the one that he has on. Hmm. So there's some sort of like that's a kudos to that. It's obviously not like that in their world, but there's a little kudos to that. Uh. I really, really liked everything about that golden perfect society. The people, those scenes were really funny. I, what I also liked was this whole idea that like they had this drone warfare going on. You know, there was like I the, feel like they there was didn't the tini- need- there was the tiniest hint of something sort of like, yeah, like a like a real world uh, society like a social commentary. Yeah, you know, like where I just it's I, like they're all sitting there and their their soldiers uh, get into this like arcade thing and, and just drive around these remote ships that's how they go into battle and um you know they're all around that one guy who's trying to who's still alive trying to go for the high score and and, and murdering these people i like that i like i i just thought they didn't need to be in the movie at the end there um i don't know that they, they'd been in the movie and so they had to be at the end is how i how i thought about it yeah uh, it they like it was just another one of the things that kind of just didn't need to be there. But I feel like now I've had so much negativity, <laughs> yeah. I need to start talking about the things I really liked about the movie. Yeah, the the soundtrack for the most part was really good. Yeah, it was it was funny. Not so much of a focus on like for how much the plot was sort of about Peter Quill and his father. Well, yeah, and his and and Yondu, his sort of surrogate father. 
it he wasn't really the main sort of focus well, yes. for most of and it. I, I like, liked he, that. He, and that's he was also, in so few. Chris Pratt was in so few scenes. Well, that's why you might think that it you, you know it might feel um, like he didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Um, is because yeah, this movie tries to ex- it it tries to expand on 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 almost all the characters, if not all of them. And how to give them their own sort of stories. So uh, which I which I also kind of feel it didn't need to. Like I feel like uh, Rocket's scene didn't need Rocket's like sort of conflict with Quill didn't really need to be in there at all. Right. And um, I think it needed to be. Although I will say that Rocket's always been my most favorite character. I still like him, but he's I, I thought I thought his stuff would have been fine. Like without the. Oh yeah, him, him and Peter Quill are fighting, and they get to make up at the end. I like. like I, I thought they could have well, just, just lost that his entirely. Point is he's and, fighting with everybody. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's like mainly with with um, Star Lord, right? Well, no, you just it, uh, their their fights just only like that's just their the example when they're both trying to steer the ship through the the quantum astro field. Did you like that? Did you like that little idea that they're popping in and out? That was that was very cool. That was inaccurate, but true. Epic, cool. <laughs> epic, cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I really liked the arcade dudes. I liked, uh, I liked that this was clearly um, advertised for families and children, and yet there were so many dick references. It was great. I, I, I was, I was thinking about how my mum once took me to see Dodgeball when it came out, and then had to explain um, what bisexual was, what lesbians were. Um, <laughs> and had to put up with me getting in trouble the next day at school, but because I said fucking Chuck Norris, <laughs> uh, it's the same kind of thing. Like I was imagining a whole generation of people asking about, um, <laughs> asking about uh, Drax's engorged uh, sexual organ, <laughs> and, and and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was one of the things I love the most about the movie is that the trailer has a lot of really good jokes. And and it they're doesn't. Not, they're ruin, not the, big they're ones. Not the yeah, best jokes. Yeah, 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 that's 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 good. That's really good. Um, I, I that think, that is almost to me the best thing yeah. about the movie is that it's not, despite the fact well, that the trailer has softs in the movie. Peter, are you sure you want to say it's the best thing about the movie? I think if. Sponge, no, if not, SpongeBob not... the movie has taught me anything, it's that <laughs> David Hasselhoff's. I don't have any great love for David Hasselhoff. Oh come on, man! I did. Uh, you you guys should all wait for my. Uh, very in-depth review of Baywatch, which will be coming out. Oh, yeah. I'm actually keen, somewhat keen to see that. I was, the first trailer was really I mean, funny. Unless the trailer lied to be like... Second trailer, I mean, not, I'm in. So, second I'm in, trailer not so much so, but the first trailer was I'm like in. dumb and it's funny. It's got my boy Zac Efron. Uh, it's fucking The Rock being like a big dumb meathead. Really fun. Uh, that, that scene, like... We'll talk about just a great joke to be in a trailer. I really hope that's not the funniest thing, but... You know, like, when you're there making that sandcastle at the rock, you think of the same Like, when he, you know, it's running along, it's like, hey, you know, make my pecs a little bigger. Don't forget the front bump. And he's like, got it. Huge dick. Big dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. I love it when Zac Efron is playing um, the not uh, cool action man guy. I think he does that a lot better. When he's like, like sort of parodies himself a little bit and he's yeah. like a bit of an airhead. Um, that's great. I don't know. I'm all in for Baywatch. <laughs> all in for Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch the real uh, old Baywatch? No. I did. I did. It's just the Hoffman, I like him. I like him. He's an actor who knows how to make fun of himself. Um, he was in 
I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of movies that, that are like sort of pet likes for me that David Hasselhoff happens to make an appearance in, like Piranha, uh, where he, he's the lifeguard at the at the pool <laughs> for Piranha, and he just. For for those who can't see me, which is everybody listening, I'm rolling. I'm shaking my head and rolling my eyes. And at you, remember, Sam. did you watch the SpongeBob movie? I did watch the SpongeBob Where movie. Where David Hasselhoff uses his pecs as a launch station to shoot SpongeBob back into the ocean. That's pretty great. Anyway, um, so that was your favorite part of the movie. Favorite thing about the movie was that it wasn't ruined. Like that wasn't that yeah. that that it wasn't ruined by yeah. by any of the trailers. I liked. Um, I mean, I liked a lot of the drag stuff, I have to say. Um, I'm not a big cute guy, so my girlfriend was really upset with me that I didn't... Uh, the baby, that I wasn't even... The baby like, Groot scene. That I didn't fall apart with baby Groot. Uh, but I really... She was, the, he was very cute. He the was ba- very cute. The baby Groot scene where he's trying to steal the, uh, oh, like the antenna. That's probably one of the best scenes. That was when he one brings of back the, the human toe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best part, actually. I was excited... I, one of the things, that, yeah, this is one of my favorite things about the movie is that I, in the first movie, Rocket was definitely my least favorite character. He was the most stereotypical for me. He's a raccoon, but he still was the most stereotypical. You're like, ah, I'm a little guy with the big gun and the and I, the attitude. I'm I'm Philatides from Hercules. I re- for the first movie where he takes the guy's leg for no reason. <laughs> that was funny. That was that funny. was funny. Yeah. Um, but uh. No, like when I thought it was good that Peter Quill, my favorite, like favorite character, and Drax and stuff, they were off in their different scenes. And my favorite storyline turned out to be Rockets. Not maybe because of Rockets' personal development, but just where he was with the Ravages and where his scene with the Ravages is quite good. Yeah, and and, and Taserface, and um, that was definitely my the best storyline. Goddamn Taserface, the best storyline by I, far. When he's about to die, just let them know <laughs> that they were fought by Taserface, <laughs> and she just lost love. <laughs> that was great, man, man. Man, we should go see this movie yeah. again. And when they bring I, the, uh, the, the human toes, the bit like that, that's great. When she, when Groot just holds that up, and and they're like, "So your ravages, right? You probably have a collection of seven human toes." Yeah, just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never talk about this again. That yeah, that that was funny. That was funny. The Ravagers were my favorite character. They're just as a whole, <laughs> as a whole, those guys were great. Absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody yeah. the whole Gamora Nova thing was so. Yeah, yeah. That one was that. I thought I I, I liked them fighting and stuff. I like Nova. I like Gamora as a character, but uh, yeah, that was another one of those times. Like just that little bit too much. That's probably where the whole family friendly thing did kind of come in and ruin the movie for me actually is that one that you know very clearly the family family fam, family friendly kids don't understand people's like emo- emotions and relationships thing that was definitely why Yandu had to be so explicit about oh it turns out I'm your real father figure right you know if they didn't have that section of their audience you would have just been left to think oh that's yeah. nice and then with Gamora and her sister Teaching people to love their siblings, just, just right? So, like that, that. Just so unsubtle. Gamora and her sister, that was the thing for the kids. Yeah. Right? Like, just for them to hug at the end and, and all that kind of stuff. I, there was an opportunity with her, her sister to really have a much better, darker storyline because that character, you know, was pitted against her sister by her, her father. Only none of them are related, but by, by her father. And every time she lost... 
A body part was removed and replaced with a cybernetic. That is a dark storyline that I would like to see done properly. You know? In in like a sort of a... That was the darkest storyline, really, if you think about it conceptually. And yet it was like the lightest one when it was played, like when it was actually on screen. I did think it was pretty great when she just kind of showed up on the planet. <laughs> just like with the, with the... Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like cool, but that also cool. just cool. just so overt and... And unnecessary. One of the things I do think is like Gamora doesn't in the in the in the movies Gamora never doesn't doesn't really demonstrate what she's actually there for. You know, Gamora is like a is like one of the groups. I mean, without Groot, one of the groups tanks, right? Like she is clearly really strong. She picks up that like huge ship turret. That's cool, but you never actually get to see her just to, just do that. Do like problems she, she are never solved by Gamora just being like, oh. I have super strength, you know, like, and then, and then doing something never yeah. happens. Yeah. Really weird. I feel like her sort of powers or whatever are on display a bit more in the first movie than this one. That's true. Yeah. Well, actually, I never knew she had super strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I really like in the first movie is how she is like the one who holds off the dudes. Like that's the reason they can get in. Yeah. Peter Quill's going to do the... Like yeah, it's fun, wise, sneaky, crappy, sneaky stuff. Solo stuff. She's in there to make sure they actually survive. So. Yeah, I liked that, and that wasn't really there. Yeah, so I definitely think Gamora got the weakest storyline in this movie. Would do I recommend seeing it? Yes, hundred percent. Yes, hundred yes. percent. Yes, like, like I feel like I feel like our our like talk about the movie has been probably a bit more in the negatives than, than yeah. in the positives. But, That's the nature of making but, this podcast. But yeah, it, yeah, it's just... You talk about like, something for an, a lo- enough. Oh, it, it was. It's just such a fun movie. Yeah. And it just doubles down. Like, if the things that you Absolutely. liked about the first movie was just that it was, like, dumb and funny and it had all these great, uh, like, yeah. songs in and it. The, and it was, and then the characters just didn't give a shit. It's, yeah, it's just so, like, not serious. And that is, like, this movie, but stepped up a notch. Yeah. It's, I, it, it is... I, I don't think it's it's as good as the first one. It's definitely not like the dark middle chapter no. to the Star Wars trilogy. There is going to be a, a third one directed yep. by um, the same dude. Yep. I don't know if that's going to come out before or after uh, Infinity Wars. So that'll be interesting. I think possibly... You can look it up. Um, Marvel has their, like, publicly displayed their plan for movies for the next 10 years, I think. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. So you can you can have a look at where it's going to come out. I'm excited. That one of the next ones on the slate, just finishing up this podcast with Marvel stuff. Thor uh, Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok. Oh, man. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Rounded it out for me. I was already so there. Because Thor Ragnarok, the trailer, feels a lot like Guardians. I yeah. think it's really taken from that, you know? It's, it's, it's got it's that like opportunity. A, it's like a space... It is another space movie. It's going to be Thor not yeah. doing, like, boring stuff on planet. Although I've, I personally like the Thor movies. I, I do as well. But then they're, like... They're just kind of okay. And they get to be a bit more fun. It's kind of the same thing. He's a slightly more side character, and that means that you can have a little bit more of a stupid actually, thing actually it. actually the best thing about Thor is have you seen the videos of <laughs> yes. where Thor becomes someone's yes. shitty roommate absolutely those are absolutely 100% the best Gold. Thor content Gold. that's ever been Thor released is, Thor is a terrible roommate yep you got, oh, if you're listening to this podcast, you have to stop right this second, even though we're about to end, yeah. and stop right this second and watch those videos because they are like great. comedy gold. Very Chris Hemsworth is has just such great comedic timing. He's great, yeah. He's so good I, as I Thor. love how um, 
Yeah, uh, I mean though, that trailer for Ragnarok had I was already looking forward to it because I like Hulk, I like Thor, um, but uh, and I like that story out of the comics, but like that trailer just gave up, gave off all the right signals for me. You know, it started to give off all the right signals, and then at the end, Jeff Goldblum Goldblum was running a a space coliseum. I was like, well, yes, <laughs> I will see your movie. Any movie gets oh, better with Jeff and, Goldblum. Kate Blanchett as Hell. That looks, she looks so good. Like, uh, you haven't read the comics, but Hell, when you, she, her scene, where she, she comes in and, um, there's, there's one scene that's quite, quite quick in the trailer where you see Hell in her actual costume. So she's got her headdress on. Right. Looks exactly like the comics. It's, it's amazing. It's great. You know, you know, they've had real trouble with that. You know, like how fans of the X-Men always say like we just want to see the x-men in their suits from the comics why can't we see that and then, that looks dumb yeah and then and then when they do do it it looks dumb right you know when, when they finally did that in first class they gave magneto his actual headdress and it looks ridiculous it's tough to do that right like to make them look like they look in the comics it's because most of the time in the comics it well hell has a spot a, a giant spider as a helmet right you'd think that would be in the category of Dumb. It'll look dumb. dumb. That sounds dumb. Yeah, it looks really good. They they make it look exactly right. I think I think they must have played with the um, ratios or, or whatever. Like it's not actually the same ratios as the comics. That's the trick because they always look weird and big. Yeah, but they must have done something. I don't know. She looks good. I love Kate Blanchett. I like that she's going to be hell and she's going to be an evil character. She yeah. looks great. Um, what else? That one joke sold every like. You know when, when he like comes into the Coliseum and yeah. Thor's there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and Hulk's I, I, there, he's like, oh, it's the friend from work. Fucking yeah. gold. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is all we've got time for. Yes. On a beer with Sam and Peter. You have to go off and, and rescue your girlfriend, and I'm going to go drive home and, and go to sleep. Yeah. So, um, um, uh, as always, next week, we'll, we'll talk about Sandcastle, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for, for the homework movie this week, we're going to watch uh, the Brad Pitt Tank movie. Fury. Called Fury. Yeah. World War Two tank movie. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, Ben, Peak LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that, that'll be a little bit of a, another sh- shifting gears for us with homemade movies. Yeah, it's been, it's been all over the shop. It's been good. I'm keeping you guessing. <laughs> and then we've got another Brad Pitt movie. Another Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, a lot of Brad Pitt movies just came out on Netflix. So we're going to go through those and, and, yeah. and do it together. One of your favorite actors. One of my favorite actors, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Yep. Podcast, I don't know, follow us on Facebook or whatever. But yep. but for now, the podcast is over. We're over. We're gone. We're out of here. We're done. Keep the road running. And that will be our outro. That will definitely be the outro.